Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. Now on today's episode, we are going to be talking about brand consulting and to help us understand this space, our guest today is Annie Lou, who is Global Consulting Director at Ogilvy Red, which is the consulting arm of the well-known New York-based consulting firm Ogilvy & Mather. And Ogilvy & Mather is known for working with many, many well-known brands, including brands such as Dove, American Express and IBM. In terms of Annie's background, Annie has worked extensively in the entertainment space. She was with the Caesars Entertainment Corporation in Las Vegas, Nevada for about five years. Uh, after that, she then decided to move into consulting. She did strategy consulting for a while and then moved into brand consulting. Annie has a bachelor's in economics from Carnegie Mellon University. And then she also has an MBA from the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. So I hope you enjoy today's discussion. And without further ado, let's welcome Annie. Annie, hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you so much, Sonali, for having me here. Absolutely. No, I'm so excited to have you on. And brand consulting sounds really very creative and interesting and a little bit out there. So I'm very curious (laughs) about exactly what you do. Uh, I think a good place to start would be maybe if you can, you know, I was looking at your background and I saw that Mm -hmm. you were in, you were in entertainment before you got into brand consulting. So how did you first get to know about this field and why did you decide to get into it? Yeah, of course. Um, So I didn't know much about it. And honestly, brand consulting wasn't something I was looking for specifically. Um, So before a little bit about my background, like you said, Sonali, before before doing brand consulting, I was doing marketing consulting. And then my background was five years in hospitality in the casino industry. Um, So not a whole lot about brand. Um, When I was first looking I was in Chicago after business school. I went back to a growth strategy consulting firm um, called the Cambridge Group in Chicago, where I did my uh, MBA summer internship. It was really interesting work helping consumer retail companies figure out kind of growth opportunities. But for a personal reason, I was doing long distance um, between Chicago and, and, and New York with my now husband. Um, so I st- started looking for opportunities in New York um, that touch both strategy and marketing. Mm. Um, and I also kind of realized I still want to stay in that consulting client facing. So I kind of came across this opportunity at Ogilvy Red. It's relatively new. It's been around for four or five years. Um, you know, it's brand marketing strategy consulting firm in an advertising agency. So I thought it was perfect role. It's strategy, it's marketing, it's client-facing consulting, what I was looking for. Hmm. Um, I had not done much brand work at that time or never worked in the agency. Um, but I thought it was, it sounded like a pretty perfect match for me. And then it really, now, you know, now I really believed in power and brand and I, <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy the chaotic nature of a advertising agency as well. Yeah, very cool. So Ogilvy Red is within Ogilvy and Mathur, but it's it's like a consulting arm of the advertising. Correct. Agency. Okay. Right, right. I see. I see. I see. All right. So then maybe you can tell us a little bit about what is brand consulting. I have no idea what it what it means. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, like I said, a year and a half ago, I didn't know much either. Um, so I think maybe start a little bit with brand. I would say um, you know, to me, brand, it, it's, it's a relationship, it's a connection you're building between company and the world. So it's more than just things you say in advertising. It's about how you connect and engage with the, with the, with the audience. So I would say it's a very emotional space because um, you're really to build that relationship. But what's interesting is in brand consulting, what you're trying to do is you know, in this very emotional space, you're trying to create, you, you know, we often take very analytical, quantitative approach 
to reach a very emotional result. Um, so I'll give you an example, maybe just, you know, differentiating between traditional management consulting versus brand consulting. Yeah. So um, I will give you an example where a McKinsey consultant versus Ogilvy Red consultant, we might be working on the same project of a, let's say, an M&A case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our client is trying to buy, our client, let's say, it's a top three market share player trying to buy another company in this space. Um, McKinsey will come in trying to figure out um, you know, integration from a cultural standpoint, from a business standpoint, uh, from a financial standpoint. Um, but what do we do from a branding perspective is we need to know how to integrate the two brands from a branding perspective. So what you would do is taking a different lens, but a lot of time actually affect the brand strategy act to actually have an impact on the business strategy as well. Um, so for example, in this case, what you'll do is you will take a look at um, how customers view the two brands, you know, your client's brand, the brand that they're buying, mm-hmm. um, the brand perception, you know, you measure the brand equities and you figure out what is the synergy there or, or not. Should it be a standalone brand? Should you integrate into the portfolio? And then how do you go about it? I see. Um, so I think that's an example of the same problem, but how you would solve it from a traditional stand- management consulting standpoint versus brand mm-hmm. consulting. Yeah, actually, I love it. Yeah, this 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 really helps you know uh, lay it out that okay, what is brand consulting? What is a brand, and how does it differ from your traditional management consulting, which generally people tend to be more familiar with? So uh, I have some follow up questions. So you talked about like you gave a really interesting example that you know how let's say there is an M and A going on, a merger and acquisition. So one company is trying to buy another company. Uh, a management consultant might come in and maybe take a more a sort of 360-degree point of view that, okay, uh, how, how what does it mean from a cost perspective? What does it mean from a cultural perspective, et cetera, et cetera? Whereas you will look at that same problem, but specifically from a very brand-oriented lens. So uh, give us an example of that. Can you maybe, you know, either a real example or maybe even a hypothetical example, but you mm-hmm. know, how, what does that mean to look at things from a brand perspective? Yeah, of course. And you know what's interesting is if you... Re- lay out the work steps is maybe similar to what a traditional consulting um, approach will be to, you know, the first step is really do a, a market assessment, right? So you go in, you know, understand kind of key trends in the market. You do a competitive analysis, but you look at it more from a brand branding perspective. Uh, so what's the strength of weaknesses when it comes to the brand? How do customers feel about the brand what is the brand equities? Um, so what you could do is there are a lot of kind of third-party brand rankings out there that you can take, um, but a lot of time in brand consulting, you do a lot of the analysis and, and the research from the ground up. So what you could do is you can do a, a large quantitative study to understand, okay, what are the keys, key stakeholder groups? Let's say if it's a, a credit card company, um, then you're looking at, um, your card members, different consumers, maybe small business customers as well, how they feel about your brand versus the other brands. Hmm. Um, so you do a, 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 you can do a big quantitative research to, to discover that. Um, so it's actually quite a lot of quantitative and analytical groundwork uh, to do a market assessment. So, so that was, that would probably be stage one of what you do when it comes to that. And obviously it, you need to analyze the results and see, okay, our client, how do we stand in the space of competition in the industry? Hmm. Um, what is our strength in the branding? Are we stronger in cer- with certain segments? What are the opportunity for us to grow? Is the company that we're looking at, are we, do we have a stronger brand than this company we're buying? Um, so perhaps a few different scenarios is why you find is, you know, the company, our clients, a much par- more powerful brand. So what you could do is you probably integrate the brand you're buying um, into the company. Mm-hmm. Um, or two, you find that, you know, they're very different type of brand equities. Maybe they're both strong brands, but they're kind of targeting different segments of mm-hmm. customers or different markets. Then that scenario, you kind of leave them, you know, standalone or you can you know you can take an integrated approach to how 
uh, to think about how you can brand it. So you'll see sometimes a lot of brands when they purchase another brand, you'll see maybe a, a, I'm not sure. I'm just making things up. Let's say if today um, Mastercard were to purchase. American Express. So it could be MasterCard by American Express. So all these different options are kind of what will be coming out of our recommendation. Right, right, right. So you you mentioned so many different things and I have a couple of follow-up questions. So to me, it seems that a lot of this is coming down to how you guys measure brand equity. So what is brand equity? Mm -hmm. So brand equity is really the measure of the strength of the brand. So I would say how well, one, how well you connect with you, with the world, with the customers, and then how they view you. So when you think about a brand, let's say Apple, it's very iconic brand. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? What are the, some of the emotional association when you think about Apple? Hmm. Um, so I think that's how the, these are kind of the results that you're measuring, right? And then think about how people are seeing you versus who you want to be right sometimes there's a gap and then you know then you think about what's the strategy to bridge that gap i see i see yeah because you know to me so somehow i've always had a very uh sort of creative slash like you know not very objective association with brand right that Mm -hmm. uh, that you know yeah is some kind of like this thing which you know you have to be really creative to understand (laughs) and sort of come up with something very innovative uh, but but you're you're talking about a very analytical approach to the whole thing, and that might be because you're coming in as a consultant. Uh, so okay, l- let me park this for a while. Uh, but coming back to your definition of brand equity, right? Like it's about the emotional connection which a brand has established or a company has established with its customers. So you you mentioned a very good point that. Sometimes in an M&A, you might find that one company wants to acquire another company and both the brands are actually really strong. It's just that they don't gel well together. So can you share an example of that when that might happen? An example I would say is when Tata acquired Jaguar. So you would think that, you know, Tata, when you think about, when most of the world think about Tata, the association might be technology, might be IT, um, really the expertise in outsourcing. But, you know, so when you think about Jaguar, it's, it's you know, luxury brand, it's car, it's speed. So, you know, the two actually, you know, ha- had you imagined if we changed the name to Tata Luxury Car, it, it just doesn't have the permission hmm. to enter into that space at the time. So I think it was definitely the right decision for them to kind of still obviously um, be part of company, but leave the brand identity separate. In that right, case, right? Yeah, that's a great example. And so, uh, I, and this this I guess illustrates the kind of recommendation that you might have as a brand consultant, where Tata might call you in and sort of ask you that, hey, we want to acquire Jaguar. What should absolutely? We do? What should we do from a branding perspective? Okay, absolutely. Gotcha. Okay, so this this is really helpful. So, uh, can you tell us also that generally? When does a brand or a company decide to engage a brand consultant? Yeah, so I think there's, uh, you know, different types of questions from, you know, how can our brand connect with the customers? What is the right set of customers? Um, How can our brand stand up to competition? What type of KPIs should we be tracking? Should we be measuring to know that, you know, our brand is heading towards the right direction? What is our brand equity um, how do people view our brand? How can we improve our brand reputation? So I think these are all the different questions. Yeah, you know when client that clients have. That makes sense. Okay, okay. So one thing which I'm really curious about is that as a brand consultant, maybe you can take an example of a project, maybe. But I would love to understand that you know what are the kind of tools or recommendations that you have from a branding perspective, right? So you, you, you gave us a really interesting set of questions that, you know, some people might, a, a client might come to you and say that, how do I improve my brand? Or what are the KPIs that I should be tracking? So what are the kind of things that you suggest? For example, it could be something like, hey, maybe you should change your advertising a little bit or, or something mm-hmm. else. So maybe give us an example of a project. I'm trying to understand the toolkit that is at, at the disposal of a brand consultant. Yeah, I'll give you a, an example that I, I recently worked on. So it's from a 
from from a client in the financial industry, financial services industry space. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came to us. Their business is both B two B and B two C. However, their brand when they when people think about their brand, they will often think about um, their consumer side of the business. Um, so they feel like they need a stronger brand presence, or you know, just stronger brand in their B2B side, because that will be what's driving the future growth in the next five to 10 years. Hmm. So if they come to us uh, with a business question, but how can we answer that from, from a branding perspective? So what, what we did was um, to think about, okay, how can we, how can we strengthen their brand from the B2B side of the business, right? So the goal is to make consumers, make customers know that they have, you know, the offerings, they have the right products and tools. And they also kind of signal Wall Street to say, hey, we are, you know, this is a really important part of our business going to drive growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in mind, our recommendation, um, obviously we did a lot of work, but our recommendation was to look into, we looked into renaming. So giving it a new brand mm-hmm. to signal a change and to signal, to emphasize um, the B, the B2B side of the business. So, mm-hmm. so th- this is a great example. So it's, so you basically, the client came to you to ask you that, Hey, we have this offering for business customers, uh, but no one seems to really know about it. So can you help us strengthen our brand on the business side? So can you help me understand the steps that you, that you and your team took as you tried to figure out how to do that? Like apart from renaming, did you consider any other options? Oh, absolutely. Um, so obviously there are things that you can do. You can invest more in advertising. Hmm. You can think about customer engagement. So think about, um, you know, all these current customer prospects that you're looking at. How can we, you know, create a marketing program, a marketing plan to, to tell them this is what we're doing, how great our products are. Hmm. You can do product innovation. You can come up with new products, right? There are all these different ways to show that, you know, we have a great offering or a great brand. We know what you want. They've done a lot of that, but it's just not, it's not significant enough to signal. So I think that's why the power brand comes in. It's just a weak brand hmm. in this space. So what you need to do is you is really thinking about creating a new brand, a new identity apart from the consumer side because the consumer side of their business was so strong. So our recommendation was to create a new brand to hmm. really signal the change and to emphasize how it is so how it is differentiated from the consumer side and how to to let the world and consumers know that you know, he, here's a new brand, here's your offering. Got it. Got and that, it. that, that's, so that, that's a great example. And uh, I guess when you, when you go through that exercise, you have to come up with the new name. And so I'm sure that's like a long exercise and then a new right. logo and then advertising around this new thing. So a new marketing campaign. All right. And that's right. Absolutely. All of that is something which I guess a brand consultant would do, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, from, naming to how do you activate brand building to marketing and communications right right okay very interesting so this is where i think i think this to me brand consulting feels like uh, and correct me if i'm wrong but it feels like a really nice mesh of a very creative aspect to the whole thing but then also a lot of analytical Mm -hmm. aspect to the whole thing right because I guess all of this pros and cons of these different options is something which requires a fair amount of analysis, but then coming up with the new name, figuring out which one would work, would work better. That's way more creative. Oh, absolutely. I I really think it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of creative, you need a lot of creative thinking, but at the same time to approach it in a, in an analytical way. Right. So it generally in any of these brand consulting engagements, what is the team makeup like? What are the different roles that are involved? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, I would say the core is very similar to the management consultant. So um, to management consulting team. So you have, I would say brand, you know, brand consultant, but at the same time, you want to, depending on the scope of the project, mm-hmm. um, you will bring in different subject matter experts. So for example, the naming project we just talked about, we bring in, we brought in a naming expert. 
And then afterwards, once you decide on the name, what you do is you have to build a brand identity. So that's more than just a logo. You have to think about what's the brand voice. How do you want the brand to to feel and sound like? For example, I would say um, a financial brand.、Um, let's say BlackRock. It sounds professional. It sounds expertise. Is to me, it's trustworthy. So right. So you have to build that whole brand identity.、Mm. So if it's A project like that, you will also bring in、um, creative designers、um, and agent agency specializing, for example, in corporate identity. I see. Okay, interesting. So, so then, as you as the brand consultant, are you expected to have like ideas around you know how you might how BlackRock, as you said, so, you know you're right. You know, sounds <laughs> very like wow, like you know, it's solid, it's trustworthy. Whereas something which is you know more like. Wave, I guess, is more you know <laughs> fluid. So, are you supposed to have these kind of、um, ideas? Um, I would say it's important if you're a brand consultant to really actually. I, I mean, I didn't know branding much myself, but I think it's important to have a passion for brand and to believe in the power of brand. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it you learn,、um, which I've done. Okay. Um, and a lot of it is. It's it's less. I I will have to say myself. I'm not a very creative person,、um, but a lot of it is it just、um, you have to learn. The more you read about brands, the more you feel about brands, the more you, you can talk about it too. Right, right. And and you mentioned that you know how the team structure tends to be very similar to traditional management consulting. So then, right. Is, in terms of the hierarchy, is it the same sort of analyst、it's, associate manager? It's very. Right, it's very similar. So you have your partners. Yeah. You have the PM that will deal with you know、uh, the day to day client relationships as well as the managing the work streams, and then you will have the junior associates and、um, analysts as well. I see. Okay. So PM is the project manager. Right. 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 Okay. And partners are the ones who are actually responsible for getting new business, selling projects. Uh, whereas project manager and below are the ones who are actually doing the execution. Correct. So I would say, you know, obviously it's different firm to firm, but it's very similar to a traditional management consulting right. Right, right, right. format. Okay. So I guess when you,、uh, if you hire out of, let's say, graduate school, so MBA, let's take an ex- as an example, you would get hired at the associate level. Um. So it really, so that varies more depending on the firm.、Hmm. So here is it's maybe associate, maybe a, a a project manager, director level. So it really depends. Okay. Okay. Got it. But it it'll be the mid level. Can you actually share an example, like some more examples of companies in this space? So clearly, Ogilvy Red within Ogilvy and Mather is one brand consulting firm.、Mm-hmm. What are some other names? Yeah, there are a few out there. Um, Interbrand. That's a very famous um、okay. brand consultancy. They you know do the interbrand top. Global brands ranking. Brand Z is is one. There's also Kantar, Future Brands. Yeah, that that's a good list. I just want to be, I, this this space is so not not I wouldn't say alien, but I'm, I'm not familiar with it at all. So just curious <laughs> about what are the names? No,、are. absolutely. Okay, all right. And you know, you mentioned that. Sometimes you might need to hire a naming expert. So maybe after the podcast, I'm going to ask you for some recommendations because I would love to have a naming expert on the podcast. Yeah, what that's a very interesting one. Yeah, that's a cool job. Anyway,、uh, all right. So, so this was great, Annie. You know, this gives us like sort of a very nice overview of exactly what is brand consulting. Now, I I, I want to ask you some questions to really understand sort of what's your day to day like, right? So, if I were to run into you on on a typical day. Can you maybe describe the kind of things that I would see you working on? What's a typical day like for you? Yeah, of course. So you know, it's again kind of similar to traditional management consulting.、Um, you would be, you know, this morning I was working on a new proposal that we're trying to pitch to、uh, a tour company, and、um, and then later on I was,、um, you know, looking at. Talking to a research vendor to to talk about、um, a customer survey that we're launching to measure brand equities and brand perceptions for our clients, and you know it's a lot of PowerPoint building. It's a lot of talking to clients,
Um, I would say one thing that may be different here is, you know, and because we sit inside a, a large um, a- advertising agency, there are also a lot of different functions that are involved on our projects. Hmm. So I'm also meeting with people from the different parts of the agency, maybe client management, maybe it is the digital partners, maybe it's designers. So I also have meetings with these different partners with us. Right. And that makes sense because I think depending on the kind of firm you're in, the nature of the project might vary a little bit and that'll just change the, the kind of activities that you're engaging in. Right. I see. Okay. So how do you measure the success of someone as a brand consultant? Mm-hmm. I would say the one, the most important thing is ability to think, to think strategically, to think analytically and creatively. How can you help our clients elevate their brand, solve their problems? So I think these are the, the most important skills. And, and to me, that will lead to success. But so uh, to, to go a little bit deeper into that, let's say you are working with a client on an engagement and Mm -hmm. you guys come up with a recommendation and let's say it doesn't really work out right like it doesn't really have an impact on their brand does Mm -hmm. that does that impact your sort of success within the company i will say the interesting part is also sometimes hard to measure um but obviously yeah you want to make sure that you know the results of the brand on the business it it does have an impact on the success. But I also say in brand consulting or in agency, in the greater agency world, is the ability to be a connector is very important because kind of how I was talking about the uh, makeup of the team, you have you know the consulting team, but you also need to know how to bring in the different experts to hmm. drive the project. You know what problems a client have. They may not know their problems, but you kind of have to figure out for them and then even though, even if we can't do the work, you need to bring in the right people, the right partners to help solve the problem. So I think that's a, that's actually a very important thing. And actually, that also leads to how, how success is measured, I believe. Right, right. I said, that's a really good point. It's almost like you need to be someone who's really good at figuring out exactly what is it that your client needs, what is their problem, even though the client themselves may not understand what their problems are. And then exactly. accordingly bring in the right people. That's a great, right. great point. Okay, I see. So uh, I, I had one more thing. So uh, you're, you're talking about, you know, how this is very similar with, to management consulting. So generally, who are the counterparts on the client side that you're working with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I said, it's really mostly on the revenue side hmm. of the equation. Um, so it's really, usually I would say the CMO, maybe a uh, a leader of a business unit, um, head of head of marketing, um, maybe head of some clients have head of brand or head of advertising. So these are kind of the key clients we I work see. with. That makes sense. Okay, so basically senior leadership, which typically from the marketing and branding exactly function. Okay, exactly. Yeah, and do you have to travel a lot? We do, but. Luckily, myself, all my clients are are in New York. So most, of, a lot of clients are global clients. So we do, you know, you know, we build a strategy, but we also help them think about how do you activate in different markets. So we will have to travel. But it's the the different part from you know traditional management consulting. It's not the Monday through Friday travel model. I see. So it's not like you have to travel every single week, but more for certain meetings, or maybe you need to Correct. spend some time in certain markets. Exactly. So then in your opinion, what do you think are the most interesting aspects of this job? The most interesting aspect of a job, I would say it's really seeing seeing how the brand transformed. And then to me personally, it's also seeing more of the creative side of things because that's kind of that's not my background. So I, you know, I, I find it very rewarding to, you know, we build a brand strategy, we say, this is, okay, for example, the, the example I gave you about renaming, building a new brand. We say, we're going to build a new brand. That's our strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the most interesting part is see how things come into place. So, you know, you, you turn on the TV, you see a TV ad, you're like, oh, wow, I built this strategy. <laughs> so I think that's, 
that bar is very interesting. Yeah, that's actually a great point, right? You can, you can see these kind of things sort of play around you, whether it's a new name, a new logo, uh, a new marketing campaign. Um, are there any aspects about this job that you do not like? I would say that I also enjoy a lot is the part that about, you know, it's very important to be the connector. Um, so maybe why sometimes don't like is kind of the politics involved as well but i think that's kind of the nature of it in the advertising agency so you have to be really good with interpersonal issues you have to know how do you talk to a creative agent how do you talk to a brand consultant how do you talk to a copywriter so it's all an important skill to have yeah and actually you know that's a that's a really good point because i think that based on what you're describing the you know a lot of times i think i mean interpersonal interactions is something which happens across all industries you have to work in a right. team but i think in this particular case you're dealing with uh, as you said right it's a more emotional topic or more creative topic which is where the decision may not always be 100% data driven which means that you know there is a lot of room for sort of someone's opinion over someone else's opinion would you agree with that I would agree half of that. And that but I would think that, you know, kind of the trend, it is very emotional, it's very creative, it's very subjective. But at the same time, there are a lot of ways analytically and quantitatively to test and to prove the creative concepts, for example. Okay. I see. Um, have you found any common mistakes that people tend to make in this profession? A common mistake that people make in this profession. I think it's kind of going back to what you just talked about. Maybe, you know, because it's a very emotional space, it's very creative. People get very personal and very about the work, right? But it's actually, there's a lot of scientific ways for you to, to, to approach this emotional space. So I would say a lot of people don't take into consideration of, you know, kind of they say, I'm a creative, I'm more of a creative brand consultant. I don't want to learn anything about the analytical quantitative side of things. Mm. Um, and where, you know, not to say on the other side, um, if a brand consultant that's more focusing on maybe running quantitative data, they say, you know, I don't want to learn about the creative side of things. So I think an important thing to learn and a common mistake that I have seen actually is that you have to be willing and open to to reach outside your comfort zone, whether it is to be more creative or whether it is to be more analytical. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So is there something about brand consulting that you think might be a, a perception that's commonly held by outsiders, but it isn't actually true? I would say is that, you know, brand is, is very fluffy. It's all <laughs> very... <laughs> You know, it's all emotions. There's no you know, insights behind that. It's true, I would say, maybe years and years ago. And it's still probably true at certain agencies and companies. But I would say, as an industry as a whole, that's why there is brand consultant. To put some rigor hmm. behind, behind the creative work. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest um, misconceptions. Yeah, and you're right. I think I, I myself suffered from that misconception because I was like, oh, that sounds way more quantitative than I thought it was, okay. And Yeah, I'll give you an example. For example, um, one of my favorite brand campaign is Dove. I don't know if you've seen, and I think some people might have seen it, is the campaign for real beauty. So instead of, you know, featuring supermodels and beautiful women, uh, it's featuring real people. So that is very emotional and very creative. Um, but where that came from was actually, it was a business problem. Like back in, you know, 10 years ago, it was very competitive in the personal care space. And what Ogilvy found was, you know, only two, the insights was, you know, there was a big quant survey to really find out what's the deepest emotional tension within mm -hmm. women, which is the target audience is that we found only 2% of the women found themselves beautiful. So that really was an interesting insight to grab on, mm. which is you find from, from analytics, but you know you build the creative work around it to, to build that campaign. 
That's a great. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with. I mean, I'm familiar with the Dove campaign, but I I didn't know that's how you actually la- arrived at that insight. And that that that's a great example of just how analytics can drive you in these very uh, unexpected directions. But then clearly that campaign was very very successful. So uh, how do you like? I I guess you guys have a very robust research team then, which mm-hmm. has to be really good at figuring out this user sentiment because. Uh, I, I I wouldn't even. How do you measure that? Uh, how did you guys realize that a lot of your target segment, women in this case, were not did not feel beautiful? How do you even guess that? <laughs> no, that's a great question. So there is, you know, we do. I think when it comes to research, customer research. Um, there is the quantitative research that you can do. You oh, do you know this brand? So it's more of a hard. Kind of, I will say, at a high level, you understand a person, you understand about a brand. But like, we also do a lot of focus group, one-on-one interviews, and there are different approaches to really dig deep about kind of what what the tension is, what what the emotions are, what do people feel uncomfortable about. So that's kind of what like the angle, oftentimes. Um, that we're trying to push in the consumer space. And actually in the B two B space, that's what we're trying to do too. Hmm. It seem it might seem like a very transactional professional space, but there's also a lot of emotional opportunity and white space that we we want to tap into. And so you as a brand consultant, are you the one who is doing this uh, these interviews with with customers or is it like a separate research team? We also do. We have a research team, but we also do a lot of the interviews ourselves. I see. Um, okay. Because it's really it's very different to to read a PowerPoint uh, research findings deck versus when you're sitting in the room, talking to people, hearing what how they feel. So we do. We actually do a lot of these as well ourselves. Oh, that's a very okay. That's good. So you yourself are, I'm guessing, are really good at figuring out these emotional tensions that might exist inside someone that he or she might not be aware of. Well, I'm trying because it's it's not really really my background, but definitely trying to push myself to, to, to dig deep to find out the emotions. Do you have any like one or two favorite questions which you think have been very effective in bringing something out of someone you know what's interesting there are different approaches that our research team do um one that i saw was so interesting is we we asked them it's not just sometimes not just one-on-one interviews not just you know q a we asked them to um there's different exercises that you can help people get into you know to get to to be, to be able to let us dig deeper we have asked them, it's kind of a therapeutic approach. We have asked people to draw pictures. Oh. Um, so when we think about, you know, we will ask them things, you know, in the ideal world, how would you dot, dot, dot. So I think that's that th- those kind of framing kind of helps people think and really get into the deepest part of it. And then, you know, also we have taken approach of having them, in a group setting, some exercises to see, you know, how they, and that's to understand kind of behaviors, how to people act in the group setting, how people interact. And I think that works for some of the brands. So these are different approaches that I we see. have, we have I taken. See. Wow. That's, I wouldn't have guessed that at all. I like uh, asking people to draw pictures helps. So you, you <laughs> ask them to draw pictures. Yeah, you ask them, you know, it really, it's so interesting. We ask them, you know, it's about themselves, but also how they think about the brand, right? So we think, you know, we tell, what's your ideal, what's your ideal image of your favorite brand? Let's say it's Nike, they draw it out. And then if that's the brand our client's trying to be, then you can see kind of what the gaps are and then oh. what are the interesting elements are. Um, also, one thing, um, one thing in in branding is interesting is the voice. Um, so I'll say example is in, in the financial services space, you hear in all investment tools, Charles Schwab, Scott's trade, it's all in a man's voice. So one example I've seen recently is that there's a new company. They're coming out with a women's voice when they talk about personal finances, because they know, you know, no one else in the space is doing that. So they hired a beauty 
makeup marketing expert to do their branding. Interesting. And is that how they're thinking of differentiating themselves or is or they're just targeting women and they think that a female voice will connect better? So I think it's both is they see a white space of, you know, there is no there's no one out there speaking in a women's voice and there's no offering targeting women. And you find that um, some research have shown that, you know, now men, now women outlive men. And then the number one <laughs> thing that women do when their husband pass away is they find a new financial advisor. Right. And that's kind of the insights they grabbed on to, to create this new, oh, new wow. platform. Okay. Wow. This is, this is so <laughs> cool. So you, you shared a really good example that, you know, how, let's say someone, you ask someone to draw that, the, the pictures, whatever comes into mind about the brand that they really like. So let's let's say it's Nike. Can you can you share examples of the kind of things people draw? Oh, it's so interesting. You will never think it was for a an example was it was for a insurance company. So you'll think it's very transactional. We asked them to draw out what's your ideal insurance provider. What would it be like for you? So a lot of people drew out houses and a pathway and then along the way is you know beautiful trees and sun and flowers so it's basically it, they want which has nothing to do with insurance yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it, it just tells you that like you know people are thinking about people will like to think about their health hmm. in a holistic way okay. and they feel like you know insurance companies should be my partner in my holistic holistic approach to health I see. Okay. And then how do you, so when you see something like that, how do you translate that into something actionable in terms of what you need to do for the brand? Right. So then you think about, okay, what is our brand positioning? What is our brand strategy? If people are looking for a partner in approaching their health instead of, you know, the transactional, I see. Um, we're, we're, we're the most professional, we're the fastest, we're the most efficient claim um, transactor. That's not what they're looking for. I see. So I think it's always to push it into the more emotional space. That's how you can kind of stand out in the competition. Wow, this is really interesting. Well, very interesting work, I have to say. All right, so I just have a few more questions then from the point of view of someone who might be interested in getting into brand consulting themselves. So if you were to think about, let's say, top three to five qualities in someone who would make a really good brand consultant or who would just enjoy himself or herself a lot in this job, what do you think those qualities are? And I I would want to emphasize that, you know, the more you can share things which are unique to brand consulting that would be great right but of course like feel free to pick right yeah. i would say def- like you know the basic innovative strategic thinking but that's yeah. given right yeah. um i would say more specifically for brand i i really think like i said before if you're a connector hmm. if you think you're resourceful you're able to find out what the problems are and then find the right people to help your client solve the problem um, I think that's one. I will also say to develop a passion for brand, which I think everyone, even though you think, you know, um, you know, I, I don't love brands. I don't believe in that. You must have some favorite brands. You must have some favorite memories from your childhood, a scent that you remember. And that's, you know, and that's important. So I would say, you know, to, to believe if you have a passion for brand, you believe in the power of brand. And I think Another thing is to be open-minded. I think brand may seem like a very niche area, but at the same time, you're touching so many different areas. So I think to be open-minded of, of the type of problems, of type, the type of skill sets that you can have. So I would say these are, these are a few things. And obviously... If you can be creative, that's a plus. I'm not personally too creative. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's a great list. Although I'm curious about how someone would figure out whether they're passionate about brand or not. I, I guess you just have to believe that, you know, a strong brand can do a lot for the company. So I, I think um, how do you develop a brand? It's just, you know, there are things that you use every day. Think about what your connections are with it. Why are you buying this particular product, why are you using this particular brand, why are you going to this store? Think about the experience, what are some emotional connections, 
I think little things like that. So, so let's say that I want to get into brand consulting, but you know, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm not sure if I would enjoy the job or not. Right? Is there something I can do, uh, whether it's read something or answer certain questions or do some exercises, whatever, uh, which which can help me get some idea about, hey, is this something worth exploring or not? Yeah, of course. So I will say, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of blogs out there. It, it, a lot of it is a- advertising related, but it has to do with brand strategy. So I would, you know, read about it, see if some of the works that they're doing is something you're interested in. Building a brand, naming products, naming companies, think about how to drive growth, talk to people who are in brand consulting yeah. uh, or who are working in an advertising agency, see if that's the type of type of work that you'd be interested in on a day-to-day basis, right? The type of impact that you'll make as a brand consultant is that you will see that, you know, people really connecting to your brand, really liking your brand and buying your brand, using your brand, enjoying the experience, sharing with their friends and family. Does that make you happy? So it's very different from, you know, saving lives um, at yeah. a hospital. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, so I'll but, think about it that way. Yeah, that's a great point, right? Like, try and think about that the impact that a brand has. Are you interested yeah. in that? Are you interested in figuring out, hey, what's the best way to connect with my customer and really driving towards that? And if that excites exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, can you probably recommend some blogs which are good to read? So you mentioned that there are a bunch of blogs. Yes. I mean, blogs, I would say some of the most basic, which I, I read a lot. At age at weekcmo.com and then actually a lot of if you if you look at a lot of the executive cm ceos at advertising agencies they have interesting articles or they have their twitter accounts right um i would say a lot of cmos at companies the famous brand and marketing companies like um png unilever nike these are you know these are the ones that i will follow and read about that makes sense. And then from the point of view of, let's say someone is considering preparing for interviews, etc. Is there, are there recommended resources? So when I did, when I prepare for my interview, a lot of it is, is how I, how I did it from a traditional consulting prep. Hmm. So I read, you know, I did my case in point, um, but you would know better that, you know, you're not going to get a cost supply chain type of problem. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get, um, how can I drive growth? How can I integrate the two brands? You're going to get questions like that. Um, but there are cases usually in the interview process. And I also prepare for questions like, you know, like I said before, it's important, other, outside than the consulting skill set, it's important to see, are you passionate about brand and branding? Mm-hmm. So I would, I would know, you know, what are your three favorite brands? What are your three least favorite brands? How would you improve those brands? Things like that. Yeah, yeah. Just like ability to think about a brand from a very, right. very critical standpoint. See, So right. what's a good way to apply? Like, should I just go on the website and apply for a job or something else? I personally found the opportunity on Career Path, which is Wharton's uh, yeah. career website. So I would say there are definitely opportunities out there um, on the website, but it is also an industry where it's not as structured as, you know, traditional management consulting where there is hiring cycles and such. So, you know, if you know someone that works in the company, works at the consult at the consultancy, reach out, talk to them, have them help you set up an interview. I would say that's probably the most effective way. Yeah. So sort of trying and getting a referral is probably the best way. Exactly. So then exactly. I- I guess my follow-up question to you is that let's say someone reaches out to you, Annie, and says that, hey, Annie, you know, it's, it's some stranger, right? Hey, Annie, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in brand consulting and I want to apply for this opening at Ogilvy Red. Can I can I chat with you? Like, w- what can this person say? Because I'm guessing you would get many such requests, right? So what can this person say or show to you which would make him or her stand out? Right. I think... I think what makes a standout, makes a candidate stand out is really the interest and passion for, you know, potential brand work or, you know, even if they've not done any branding work, but in marketing, in, you know, having an impact of, of driving brands or just interest in it. 
I think I think will be important. And then obviously any relevant experience in consulting and marketing and strategy will be will be great too. Yeah, but like what can I say in my initial interaction mm-hmm. with you which would show that? That's a good question. Um you know, talk about maybe talk about an article you just read about a brand and talk about some of the campaign that Ogilvy's worked on. Hmm. Um, showing that you know something, you're interested, you're not just, you know, cold emailing any job op- about any job opportunities out there. What about brand consulting that's interesting to you? I would say that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, because I think a lot of times these this kind of outreach tends to be like a very cold mail kind of non-personalized kind of thing which really puts people off so if you can really illustrate that you're interested specifically in that company and and that job opening um, right that that and you exactly and then use your alumni network i mean ogilvy red is a small organization but ogilvy is a huge agency Mm -hmm. um there's got to be alumni from every school here so use your network find the right people to talk to yeah yeah all right. I love it. Thanks a lot, Annie. This was uh, such a new field. So I was, I'm happy that I learned so much in this discussion, especially the, the, the interesting ways you're researching people and getting insights out of them <laughs> is, is really amazing. Uh, but yeah, thank Great. you so much. Is there any other advice you'd like to share with someone who is considering entering this space? I would say you, I think it's a fascinating space. I would say if you're a little bit interested, I think it's worth exploring. It's so, it's fun. Um, It's ever-changing as always. And you will see the impact right away. So I I encourage everyone to explore it. All right. Thanks a lot. And have a good rest of the day. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Just before you leave, do remember to sign up for our newsletter on our website, learneducatediscover.com, where we share updates on new episodes, a lot of career-oriented resources, and a lot of other inspiring stories and videos and podcasts that we find online. So do check it out at learneducatediscover.com. You'll also find the library of all the other podcasts that we've done in the past on the website. Of course, if you have any questions at all, or if you just want to say hello, you can always email us just drop us a mail at hello at learneducatediscover.com or tweet at us at LED underscore curator. That's LED underscore C-U-R-A-T-O-R. Of course, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learneducatediscover or you can also subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, Bye-bye.